If anybody knows about twins, you and I know about twins, Jennifer. I can remember coming home from New Orleans. You know, we we were down at Mardi Gras and with family and having a blast and found out once we got home and I was car sick while I was driving, I made my husband go and buy every pregnancy test on the shelf and I looked, it was positive at like 11 o'clock at night. Look, it still flusters you. Oh, that I'm still. that you like remember finding out because you had two girls already. Yeah, I had two girls. We were done. And I can, I mean, I know exactly where I was sitting on the stairs when I flipped that pregnancy stick over and it was positive. And I kid you not, my husband says, well, it's not very positive. <laughs> Famous last words, right? And, and so much. you know, so I was like, "Okay, we can so handle this. It's all right. We'll Joke be fine. We'll figure it out." And then I go, you know, you and I were working at the office at mm-hmm. the time, and and we were friends, and you knew like my twins were a year old. Oh my gosh, yes, and it was just or, well, no, maybe when you got not, pregnant, they were about three or four months old. Yes, and we talked every day because yeah. it was it was exhausting, and we were trying to figure this out together. And now here I was pregnant, and and I go for that, you know, for my twenty week appointment. So I look over at the screen, and I could see both hearts beating. And I can remember thinking, is Terry pulling a joke on me? Because, you know, her kids were patients of ours. We knew her. I was like, that would be not real funny at all. And looked at her face. And Jennifer, when I tell you she was as white as a ghost, she wasn't pulling a joke. I was pregnant with twins. I don't remember a whole lot about going back to the office. Everybody says I walked in and said, well, we know what it is. <laughs> I was t- I was taking calls that day. I remember right where I was sitting and I turned my little chair to the side when you walked in and you had like this look on your face, like uh, excitement, but nervous. But then you just blurted it out. Yeah, it was the scariest and most incredible, amazing thing. And If you guys have been pregnant with twins or are pregnant with twins, look, we know what that is like. I remember with mine, um, we didn't know until about 14 weeks, except I already had my oldest son, Grayson, and he would say two babies. We're like, no, no, no. Like, (laughs) just have a brother or a sister. You know, he was like, two babies. Anyways, my mom's a twin, so we knew the possibility existed. It skips a generation, so she was a twin, but she didn't have twins, so her kids could have twins. That would be me and, um, and my sister. So we knew that the possibility was out there, and I didn't care for being pregnant, so I would always joke with Tim. You know, he wanted two kids, and I wanted three, and I'll be like, oh, I'll just have twins the second time. <laughs> I'll show you, like, <laughs> we'll get three. Anyways, yeah, so all of that said, we really weren't expecting it. And when they did the ultrasound and it was two babies, you're just in shock. As a pediatric nurse, you really recognize the amount of work and effort that that's going to take. And we called my mother-in-law, who is keeping my son. And 
we talked to her like, it's twins. And she goes, it's twins, Grayson. It's two babies. And Grayson, very matter of factly, we heard him over the phone go, yeah, two babies. <laughs> so it's like, I instinctively knew this all along as their sibling, but nobody would listen to me. Listen I don't know why me. everybody's getting so excited right now, as I clearly knew this. And we asked him, we said, you know, what do you think we should name them? And he said, Big and Mama. so yeah um it's just always so fun and nerve-wracking to find out this great information but welcome 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 to today's topic about twins boy have we been there whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. This week's episode is brought to you by Bobby Organic Infant Formula and Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to help stop a food allergy before it starts. The new guidelines now recommend diverse foods, including potential allergens early and often. As a parent, it can be so difficult to keep track and to get the right exposure of which foods and when. Spoonful One makes it easy. Spoonful One products provide gentle daily exposure to 16 food allergens. Every bite includes peanuts, milk, shellfish, tree nuts, egg, fish, grains, soy, and sesame. From mix-ins to puffs, And to our favorite, the oat crackers, they make it super simple to get one pack once a day for one year into your routine. Spoonful One is available at Target and Amazon, and they have an exclusive offer just for Moms on Call listeners. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash Moms on Call for more information and 35% off their award-winning products. At Bobby, they make a formula that is designed for brain development. So sometimes I wonder if I should be drinking it (laughs) on some days. As a mom, there's so many things to do, so many demands in so many directions. But at Bobby, they give you a few less things to worry about because they've already thought about it. They've thought about making a formula that's gentle for babies' tummies, that helps with a healthy immunity. These days, we cannot get enough of healthy immunity for babies. And that is backed by the EU nutritional guidelines, meets the FDA requirements. It is incredible all the details that they've thought about, so you don't have to. And you can get a 10% discount on your first box of Bobby Formula with code Mom's on call 10, that's the number 10, at highbobby.com. Hey, moms, this is Crystal. Um, I have a three-year-old, and we did Mom's on call with our son, and it was awesome, so thank you for that. 
I found out recently that I'm not only pregnant, but pregnant with twins. And I'm suddenly feeling like I have no clue of what I'm doing, even though I've had a baby before. What if one is hungry and one isn't? Do they sleep in the same crib or cribs next to each other or the same room or separate rooms? I'm totally freaking out. How do we handle two at a time? Crystal, we have all asked those questions and we know that it can seem so overwhelming, but we've been there and we will have a way forward that will kind of navigate through all of these questions that you may have. You know, we were one of the first resources back when we wrote Moms on Call that even addressed the possibility of having twins. Like it was really hard to find information that answered the practical questions. So a couple of things that are for sure going to happen is having twins is a loud endeavor. Oh, (laughs) yes. It's going to be loud. Yes. And because... Even if one's sleeping, one's going to be crying or one's kind of content and looking around and just enjoying the world. The other one's like, hello, I'm over here. Don't forget me. Well, and a bath time, especially, you know, well, when we do two oh little bouncy seats next to the bath and then you can put one in, bathe that one, put them back in the towel over the bouncy seat outside the bath and turn, take the other the one, other put one. them in, do their bath, then return them oh without having to stand stand up with a wet, slippery baby and put them in the bouncy seat on the other (laughs) side and, you know, wrap them in their little towel. And, you know, somebody's usually screaming through this entire endeavor. Or peeing or pooping (laughs) after you just got them out the bathtub. But, But talking about bath time, it really was one of my favorite things, Jennifer, you know that, I mean, I still love my bath time. So I know every time I call you, you're in the bath. If I could figure out how to do this podcast stuff from my bathtub, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, but I love bath time and it is truly one of those yeah. things that I look back on with my kids and, and, you know, I had several all close to the same age and you're right. What I would do is bring everything I needed into the bathroom from diapers and pajamas and toys for the older kids. And we just set up house right there for the next, you know, 30 minutes. We were all going to get baths and get those together. But somebody's always not happy at times. So if you get, you know, you do that first one and they're all sweet in the bathtub and just loving it. And you put them over in that towel and wrap them up and begin to do the bath on the next one. Well, that one is like, well, hello get me dressed. I'm ready to eat. And, you know, so I'll, I often would say with my, with my personal consults is look, alternate who you start first, because the second one always seems to get the shaft when we're doing <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and that brings up another great point, And this is going to serve your heart for the entirety of their existence yes. is we will not make life fair. Uh, I remember my kids from the back of the car going, that's not fair. And I'm like, that's right. Life isn't fair. And that generally works out to your advantage. We all need to remember that. We're not going to make it fair, whether they're twins or whether you have multiple kids. The goal isn't to make it fair. The goal is to make kids that you love be able to manage life. We are not going to adjust life to our kids, but we can make kids that can adjust to life. And that's the goal. They won't always be happy about it. Somebody may be upset in any given moment. And if we just kind of lay that down, that I can't make this fair. If one kid takes a nap 
a little bit longer than the other? Can I get that one twin that's noisier up a little bit early from a nap? Absolutely. You can get 10 minutes of snuggle time because the other twin who is asleep is not keeping track. They are not instinctively knowing in their sleep that you held that other twin for 10 more minutes. minutes. Like that just happens in our own head. We're just going to give ourselves permission to meet each one of their needs. And sometimes we meet them in different ways. Well, and without causing chaos for the household, you've got a, you know, Crystal, you've got a three-year-old and you're going to have these two babies and it's, it's going to be chaotic regardless of what we do. It's going to be chaotic, but let's talk about some of those kind of basic things. And one, when one baby eats, they both eat. We're not going to ask if one's hungry or not hungry or, and because otherwise we need some more people that can help. And that's not always realistic. So when one baby eats, they both eat. And we're going to be on a routine so that the household can have, and I'll use this term loosely, some predictability, right? A sense of peacefulness that comes with (laughs) the predictability of the routine. Right. Yeah. And we want them to both, when one sleeps, they both sleep. So they both go down for their nap at the same time. But if one wakes up a little earlier than the other one, We can manage that. We can get one, even if it's just the same one all the time, you know, 10 or 15 minutes early. Um, You use, you asked a great question, Crystal. Like, do they sleep in the same crib or do they sleep in different cribs? Lauren and I actually did this a bit differently because not all twins are the same, just like not all kids are the same. So mine slept in separate cribs in the same room and Laura's slept in the same crib for a while until you yeah. moved them. And this is my favorite story about what happened. Oh my gosh. So, so my, you know, as long as they were swaddled and not moving around, I didn't use a bassinet. I used a regular size crib in their room and had them in that crib. And once they were unswaddled, I moved them to their own crib. Jennifer, when I, and you know, Blake and Patrick had heads full of dark, dark hair. I mean, they still do. They still do. They have fabulous hair. It's unbelievable how much hair my boys have still to this day, but they would sleep with their hands outside of the crib, you know, in between the slats of the crib with their hands wrapped in each other's hair because they just had to be touching each other. It was the craziest thing. And, you know, my twins were actually two months early and But they caught up really, really quick. And at 10 months of age, so everybody that's out there listening, at 10 months of age, my movement kid, who did turn out to absolutely be a movement kid, was climbing out of his crib and into his brother's crib because they wanted to sleep. And they would sleep all entwined with each other. It was the craziest thing ever. So Crystal, yes, they need to be, uh, we like them to be in their cribs. We like them to be in their own room. And whether or not you put them in their own crib or whether or not you put them together, as long as they're swaddled and not moving around, the same crib is okay there in the very first few weeks but they'll eventually get to their own crib in their own rooms. And who knows, they may or may not stay in there very long once they start climbing out. Well, and I remember yours would want to touch each other's hair. Mine would have a goat language where we literally <laughs> would 
We, I may have mentioned this before where we'd literally be like, did we bring home babies or did we bring home ghosts? I don't know. One would go, eh, eh, eh. another one would go, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> we'd be like, what, what is it happening? About? But, um, you know, it's just by virtue of their comfort level. The other thing that happens, which is so amazing, is if one cries in the night, you you have this instinct to quote unquote save the quiet one. That's true. You don't have to. The quiet one sleeps through it like nothing is happening. Unbelievable. Real. One of my kids would cry so loud, I thought the neighbors were going to come over and be like, "What's going on?" Um, and then my other twin would sleep like nothing was happening. And so they have such an incredible ability to accommodate each other. And that's how we want to run the household. And even your older child, we don't want to save the older child as the quiet one. We're never saving a quiet one. We're equipping the quiet ones to be able to manage the realities of life. And when you have a sibling, sometimes it's going to be loud at night. So instead of me having to save you from that, I want to equip you. So the three-year-old ahead of time, you tell the truth. You say before he goes to bed, look, sometimes... Babies make noise at night. If they wake you up, just turn over and go back to sleep. And you can see, like, I'm so confident about that. I'm the person bigger and smarter in this relationship that kind of tells you how things work. And if I'm confident, just say that every night. They begin to really adopt that perspective towards what an older child thinks when they have twins. And it is really what it did. And, and Laura, this is the same for your girls. Yeah. What it does to develop a compassion and resiliency in your older child when you have twins or triplets or, you know, when you just feel like it is an exhausting endeavor to take care of, you know, this second set of siblings that came along, um, what it builds in them is so much more powerful and is so much more beautiful than the concern that we have that we don't have enough time and energy to devote to that older child because of how much time this takes from us. So there will be something incredibly beautiful for you to watch unfold in your three-year-old. And that's something we're both really excited about. So Crystal, welcome. Welcome to the wonderful, incredible world of twins. Your baby and toddler food questions answered. Welcome to the Moms on Call Snack Attack, brought to you by Spoonful One. Jennifer, do you remember those times when our kids were toddlers and it just seemed like all they wanted to do was eat a bite here and eat one bite there? And it just seemed like they were eating all the time, all day long. It about drove me crazy. <laughs> well, we have a couple of options. Much like some of the farm animals, toddlers <laughs> are grazers. They just have so much to learn and to do. You and I had movement kids, you know, oh, coming out our earlobes. And so I don't even know what that means, coming out our earlobes. Where did that even come up? I, I have no idea. This is hey, a new phrase, people. That's, that you start let's, using see how, let's see if over. that can go viral. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Coming out my earlobes. And so those movement kids don't want to slow down long right. enough for a meal. Like they hate the seat of no movement or no attention. And so, yeah, so they're running around and we have a couple options in the book. And one of the options I love is the grazing option. Have a regular breakfast, then just let them graze until about two hours before dinner. Stop there and then have your regular dinner. 
And I found that that worked really, really well. And you know, in in my house, I always liked, I was a little more schedule rigid probably than a lot of people, but I had five kids and I had an older kid who had practices and we were all over the place. And so I did a little more of the rigid option, so to speak. So yes, they had meals, but then about an hour, maybe later after the meal, I would have a quote unquote snack. And guess what that allowed? That allowed me an activity to do something with these kids. So I would give them kind of a, an activity to do about an hour after those big meals and that would get me to the next meal. It did seem like we were feeding them all day, all the time, though, but we had so many. And the thing is, there are options. You can figure out what fits in your household. We are not set on having to have these three meals and two snacks. Sometimes it's just a grazing day. And sometimes things need to run on schedule. And it is okay to do either because what we always say is, it's your job to provide the food. It's their job to eat it. There's or multiple not. ways. Yeah, or not. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 